Hey y'all, it's Delaney. And it's Katie, this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Okay. Not me just realizing that it's my week to edit. Sorry, that's really random. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm free. No, I'm not. I'm also, I'm editing really next week for all my birthday. Well, not all my birthday. I'm going to do it before my birthday. It's like some weeks it works out really well. I'm like, dang, like God really knew I was traveling. God really knew I had an audition. And then some weeks would be like, I got 30 deadlines and this episode. But you know, we move. And do. Or basically. All right. It's going to be fun. Not next. Well, oh, not in the next episode, but the episode after that, I will have seen Fire Shut Up in My Bones because I'm going to see it. Are you going? Mm-hmm. Are you, I didn't tell you. Yeah, I'm going. Oh, period. You going your mama? Yeah, because they're doing a um, they're doing one the day before my birthday. So. Oh, per going to I was thinking about going, but there's no way I can swing it. Like it's expensive, but see, like even like in a in addition to the cost, mm-hmm. um, the, my timeline right now I can't I can't swing. Well, book them busy. Typical for you. No, down in despair. Not but really. Well, other way, can other be way. more than two things at once. So. Booked and busy. Right, yeah, booked. I said you can be more than that. So you booked and busy and down in despair. Could be oh, all the, the the latter is true. I mean, love multifaceted. Yeah, love in that for latter. you. I love that for me as well. In the latter, so right and the former as well. That, I no actually. Well, I can do this all day. You're the one with the hard stop. So oh well, I guess I don't have to go to my concert. So let's keep going. Mm, okay. Well, I guess not. Guess not. Mm. Guess not. And that just makes my point again. You don't want with the hard stop. Things to do, people to see, concerts to play, book them busy. Okay. I, I think I have a an idea for this week's episode title. I don't think you do, especially since there's about to, about to be no episode. So all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing the news is quick, um, fairly quick. Um, first. The Cleveland Orchestra has gotten their biggest gift ever. First of all, I need to get my biggest gift ever. Right, because like, well, give me a million dollars. Cash at me. They got $50 million. I'm like, y'all can't slide a little bit of that my way. There's no way they need that much money. They said, they said 31 million of it, about, or I think above 31 million of it, is going to their endowment. What about my endowment? I might, this is the, this is the problem I have with rich people, right? <laughs> I'm not asking for an exorbitant amount. I'm asking for, like, 50 bands you know what I'm saying like y'all will not miss you 50k not. off of that you know okay i'll even be reasonable my routing number 20 bands no, i'm just kidding <laughs> right for illinois let me look it up for chase for illinois hold on hold that okay. <laughs> my cash app you know what we should tweet them cash app all right well, okay so what about the other what about the other the other um the remainder of the money is going towards um their digital streaming or developing digital streaming capabilities now that Mm. you know is is great because i feel like a lot of people i mean a lot of people are understandably excited to get back in the concert hall well not understandably excited. okay okay whatever but like you know what i mean (laughs) they have we have not been in the concert hall and not by choice um but a lot of people i think we're not really thinking about how accessible the every orchestra coming up with their own digital streaming platform made the concerts. So mm-hmm. it's not nice to see that they're they're gonna have some money to kind of intentionally build that out instead of just like 
you know, because a lot of people had to put it together on the fly, which, you know, yeah. again, is, is understandable. But um, it's interesting to see because now I know uh, how much money y'all spending on it. So, yeah, standards listen. sky high. I can, I can, I can help y'all out. I got I'm you. I'm literally nobody. They have, do not have to do this for me. <laughs> I'm like standards hire, sky high. Hire me to set it up for you. You don't need nothing but a Vimeo account. All right. Not and a Vimeo bit. account. <laughs> I got you. Hire me if you listen. If you at the Cleveland Oak Show. Hire me. I'm gonna come. And down why there. would they do that? I'm gonna come down at the Severance Hall. Is it called Severance Hall still? No, that's a part of the story too. They change, first of all they changed the the actual the main concert hall to uh, be named after the people that donated the money. But they also changed it from mm-hmm. Severance Hall to Severance Music Center. I don't know oh, why. Okay. Yeah, but I I would be curious to know what was behind that that's change. Question I have for Jen. Well, Jen, I saw on Twitter was like, I'll be calling it Severance Hall. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's different for her because she she grew up going to that orchestra, grew up in Cleveland, all that. Yeah. That's like when they changed. Um, I mean, this is this is not this is not good. But okay, so the first black mayor or the of Chicago is like Jean Baptiste, something like that. So, or do I'm sorry. This is so embarrassing, but technically I'm from Evanston, okay? I am from Evanston. But anyway, um, John Baptiste Dusable, whatever order of those names, was the first black mayor of, am I lying? Or the first, or, or founded in Chicago, one or two. Yeah, and so, said, let's just skip over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, either way, he was very important black man. Because I'm thinking about Harold, Harold Washington, and I think he was the first black mayor. So he must have founded Chicago. Either way, they we have this thing called Lakeshore Drive, which runs the entire from when the minute you enter Chicago, there's this like long like it's a, almost like a highway that runs all the way until you get like basically to Indiana, and so they named it. They recently changed the name a couple months ago to like the if you on Google it sounds ridiculous, but they turn right onto John Baptiste Sable Lakeshore Drive, like this whole thing, right, mm-hmm. and. The whole city of Chicago was like, so what we call the lecture drive? Because <laughs> like, like they done cut the banner, all the news, and they interview. Yeah, so we will be. I calling mean, that's and I feel bad because he's black, that's a, but it's that's also a like mouthful. they could have they could have put it disciple drive. They really should have. I feel like they did it to like low key appease white people because there's no reason why don't you just change the entire thing to just his name? You know what I'm saying? Like, why do you get to call it all this stuff? And I was like, yeah, I'm calling Lakeshore Drive. Because first of all, it sounds ridiculous on Google. Secondly, I understand growing up, that's Lakeshore Drive. LSD, that's what that's what it is. That's what we call okay. it. You know? Yeah. I know. But that's what we call it. The LSD. It's just, just fives in the 773. Anyway. You were saying, Cleveland? It's very fun. Well, <laughs> no, that's it. Okay. Congrats to them. Um. God, I've seen what you've done for others. That's all I got to say about that. Listen, it don't even take much, God. That's what I'm saying, right? Boom. Okay. Accidentally put the money in my account. Not accidentally. You'd have to You'd have to pay that back. <laughs> if someone accidentally puts that much money in your account, they're going to be looking at you like... And I'm going to be looking at them. It's going to be like that meme. And you're going to be uh, looking at the judge as a defendant. And I got money for bail. So, <laughs> now what? You can't just, it was easy on accounts. <laughs> 
Okay, look. <laughs> Katie. <laughs> What's that song? I fought the law and the law won. That's going to be you. <laughs> if I take it out fast enough. All right. Right. Because you're the first person that, to ever think of it. Take, take it out fast enough. Flee to Jamaica. Throw throw my phone right over the railing on the John Baptista Sabo Lakeshore Drive on my way to the airport. Right. Glad that you're gonna let them know where where right exactly where you'll be before you escape. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm not telling you how to manifest the lady. Okay, so you you manifest how you manifest. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Make sure you're, you know, they put you somewhere close so I can come visit, talk to you through the gl- through the glass, yeah, and bring your, uh, bring your mics so we can record. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a bunch of rappers be recording songs in prison, so they be on TikTok live in prison. <laughs> this show will not. This show will go on. <laughs> okay, it will make it will make um, what's it called? It will make guest things more difficult. However. Oh no! You got plenty of guests in house. Period. Just pass, so just somebody pass wire me some money. We got. We'll keep going. Yep. <laughs> this is ridiculous. What's next? It is. <laughs> um, another thing I came across on Twitter um, was that the Philadelphia Orchestra, which as everyone should know by now, we refer to as the Joseph Conyers Symphony Orchestra. Um, yeah, be no confusion about that. Right. They um, have announced that they are taking on a quote unquote more casual look. Um, by this, that means uh, they are no longer doing white tie, no more tuxes, no more tails. Um, and they are changing their wardrobe um, to all black. Um, that for the women of the orchestra, that doesn't mean anything. They still have, I don't think any orchestra has. No, I think Minnesota might have a non-binary uh, dress code. Mm. Um, and then for uh, Philadelphia, the main change is obviously in the, the men's dress code where they can now play they can now play in a, a black suit, a black shirt, and a long black tie. So it's going from, from tux to suit. Um, oh, I thought you went to all black. I'm like, okay, black vans, black forces. Okay. <laughs> I live for the day we see black air forces. I on. <laughs> will pay real USD to go see Joseph Conyers and some black air force. I'm telling, I'm talking about top do- name the price. That's how much I'm willing to pay. Five, six, seven, eight hundred. I want to see that. I want to see <laughs> boom. I want to see Joseph Conyers in a silk top. Okay. <laughs> black Levi's and some air and some black airs. All right, we might. We just might. And a do rag tied to the top of his base roll. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> wow. From um, my mouth to God's ears. Amen. I'm curious to know what you think about this because um, I was reading about it and they were like a much friendlier, like they say it's more casual, which I guess, I mean, technically a suit is more casual than a tux. It's not casual, but I guess relatively. Um, and that they think that this will be a um, a friendlier alternative to audiences. Um, and just kind of, I don't know, an updated version of, of concert dress. I'm curious to know what, you, what your reaction 
uh, to that is? Um, I don't. I feel like it's a very. I don't know. I don't want to like negate what they're doing, but it's such a small change. If they want it to be like more approach, like classical music to be more approachable, more friendly, more comfortable, this is such a minute thing on the scale of things that have to be done to make that happen. Especially because I'm a little biased. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure because it does not apply to me. But I don't think Memphis wears tuxes. They don't. Yeah, they wear black. They yeah, they wear black jacket and gray ties and a white shirt, like silver ties, silver ties and a white shirt. So mm-hmm. and that doesn't make the atmosphere. I mean, the atmosphere is normal to me because that's what I what I do. But like, it doesn't make it any less stuffy. It doesn't make it any less we're at a concert type vibe. So I don't know. I don't know if that. And also, it's like a cultural thing. People have a, a certain perception of what of what to expect when they go to an orchestra concert if they're regular orchestra concert goers. Like, and even if people who aren't regular orchestra concert goers, like people people have an association with classical music like if you can really see this at the nutcracker like you could you could tell people who don't go to um i'm not trying to be like that but you could tell who doesn't do this do this regularly when you go to see the nutcracker because everybody go to nutcracker every year everybody taking their kids and they this and that and people are dressed to the nines i'm like it's it's, i I understand but you know we we downtown chicago we ain't even doing all this right now like y'all acting like we in russia or something but it's like people are people have like this the standard already so i feel like such a minute change i don't know maybe they put some cardigans on it would been suit i feel like also like can you even see the difference between the suit and the tux from the audience like that when you stand up you see the tails and the cumberbund, the cumberbund? i mean like the, the difference is the, like the white shirt and no oh, the bow tie oh, the long tie instead of bow tie oh. i would say I mean, like, yeah, I feel like the culture, I feel like that probably, that definitely contributes to, like, what people picture when they Mm -hmm. picture classical music, but I don't think that taking that away, I feel like it's just been so long, you know, classical music, it's just been so long that I feel like all the lasting effects of, like, what people think about in terms of elitism are, they remain, you know. You're going to have to do something drastic, and and also, everybody going to have to do it, like, everybody going to have a no rules concert type of talking between the movements clapping between the movements type mm. there's so much to undo that y'all might as well just wear y'all tails i'm trying to think i'm trying to look um i think seattle symphony does just all black does d- the same thing but oh no, no 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 i think they got stuff on no, no 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 they have i think the conductor wears a tux and um yeah the rest of them are all black like this um thing they also have this series though called untuxed Mm-hmm. I've never been to one of those, so because I don't think they've had one yet this season. But it's basically um, a smaller, it's a shorter concert. So they will take one of their masterworks uh, concerts and do it like do it. What do you call it? Cut it down. So like for example, they have a Brahms one thing where like for the regular masterworks, it's like Brahms one and like two other pieces, mm-hmm. and then for the untucks, it's just Brahms one. You just enter one symphony and then no intermission. The concert's over. Um, and I, they probably are, I don't know what the dress is for that. It might be something like, like a casual Friday, um, type of, type of situation. I do know that there are some people who, um, some people from, who are in the orchestra and, um, and some patrons that they interviewed for the article that, that I'll link in the description that were like, yeah, girl, we not for this. Um, why? Um, well, one of, weird. I'm sorry. 
Um, I'm trying to see the okay. So one of the um one of the patrons, um, said completely ending white tie is a bad idea. I don't buy the idea that musicians should dress like everyone else because going to a concert is supposed to be a departure from normal life. I I don't even know if that is dressing like everyone else though. I would be interested. I mean, that is a patron. I don't know. I would be interested to hear from someone who had like never been to a classical music concert before, like what that would be like. Because I like, understand what that means. Yeah, I don't. N- nor do I. Because like I'm obviously both of us we're very comfortable in these environments. I'm actually I actually don't feel the need to dress up for a classical music concert. Like even even as concert dress, like the the way I used to do concert dress, like in high school, it's changed so much in college like it used to be everything was a gown every concert is a special occasion and when i went to college it was like girl like i got something to do at eleven fifty nine after this concert so <laughs> yeah i feel like because we started having so many of them yeah it's just like the performance of the job it's like not everything's not an extravaganza i will say i felt so underdressed at gateways like definitely the first year i did gateways i came back with a gown the second the second time because the first mm-hmm. i was heavily underdressed and, and when i say heavily i was wearing all black nice black top the girls came out. I was like, okay. Mm-mm. That I could see because it's kind of a special occasion. Yeah, I was you know. So I came back. I was like, blowout gown. I was like, you ain't going to play with me. Oh, yeah. You had and to force me into that dress. Okay. I didn't force <laughs> you into the dress. All right. I literally just, just zipped it up. Uh, like, uh, okay. Yeah, fine. But. <laughs> um, And, yeah, I feel like. And also, because a lot of the gowns that I had, a lot of the concert. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just thinking about what what you said. Go ahead. Like oh, a lot else, of the yeah, I'm just chewing on that. All the um concert uh attire that I had, a lot of it was like not necessarily up to dress code, like mainly sleeve length. Yeah, um, sleeve length is uh for when I went to college. So that was another thing. And like Eastman did do tails. You had to actually get your suit from a specific suit place yeah. at Eastman. It could you can just I mean not suit tux. You can just come up with any old tux. You had to mm. they literally was like this is I was about to say this is the guy <laughs> that you go to <laughs> that you gotta go to to get your tux. Um yeah so oh one of the violinists um uh he also commented um and says that he finds it difficult this is a quote difficult to see how monochromatically casual attire would result in an increased attendance and revenue in my mind this is another willful attempt to remove what is so unique in this distinctive art form i feel like that's a stretch he had me in the first half i'm not gonna lie huh he had me in the first half yeah yeah in the first half for Mm -hmm. sure but i don't really know that that like i mean i guess maybe people feel like it's extravagant i feel like i mean i'm going to the opera i'm very glad that my mom told me that we're actually going to an afternoon shows at one. Oh, so it's gonna be more casual exactly also thank god because i would have i probably would have to buy something <laughs> if we were going to the nighttime show i feel like the opera is maybe because i i don't think i've ever been to a full no yes i have yes i have but it's been a very very long time since i've been to a full length opera because you know it's not really my thing but um yeah opera's different yeah it's a little different so but i feel like because we're so comfortable we just being in the concert hall like especially like when i go to concerts i mean i wore i wore vans to the last concert <laughs> the last classical music concert i went to so i don't even know what the last classical music concert i went to was to even tell you 
Like it's been and a minute since cause I did and not it was like been. a free like a it was like a Sunday afternoon concert like it was you know whatever but um even so like after college I feel like we was just making things swing however they however we could because like I was doing my homework in the upper balcony <laughs> yeah I feel like orchestra concerts are a little bit more there's really it's not a strict especially depending on what show you go to but I feel like either way it's not really like a strict like you have to wear mm-hmm. people might look at you kind of funny if you come in like basketball shorts and a t-shirt but mm-hmm. other than that I feel like nice jeans or whatever is fine I, I, I agree with the violinist in the first half what he, what they were saying with the whole like this small change like how is it gonna do anything you know but you know how I feel about y'all giving classical music too much in the second half right yeah I feel like that was a little, little extra and I feel like the um the um yeah they're just bigger fish to fry like I said like I think I said on the show, and I definitely told you that I was talking to my grandma about classical music concerts, and of course, she's been to a couple solely because of me, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she was just like, you know, I'm used to people, like, dancing and having fun. I was looking around like, ain't nobody gonna look like they happy to be here. <laughs> That's such a, you said that, like, a couple of weeks ago, like, offline, I think, and I was just like, I've been thinking about that for a while, because it's like, how what would that even look like? I did play that Decompose concert that one time, and they encourage people to, like, audibly say things out loud to make it be, like, an actual concert. But I'm wondering, like, if we'll ever see that change, because it's, like, so ingrained in us about, like, what classical music is and how different it is from everything else and how you enjoy it. And also, to be fair, why it's like that, like, it's, it's hard to concentrate when there's stuff going on also acoustic instruments i feel like that's another layer of it i feel like like other types of concerts can i'm not saying we shouldn't i feel like it would be great to find a workaround especially because i have also been to classical music concerts um where people do shout out mainly the icola concerts where we do a tribute to a black artist so we've Mm -hmm. done aretha franklin michael jackson luther vandross like uh stevie wonder so like of course people people are you know dancing and they might you know shout out at those but in those we have also have a band in the middle Mm -hmm. and they are amplified and the singers are amplified i think with classical music this also needs to be a workaround because i feel like other types of music can withstand a, a cheering crowd yeah, I feel like if everybody in the concert hall is yelling, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, let's get everybody mic'd up. That might be cool, actually, like a surround sound type of. Because you know, we always worry about you know, concert halls are always crafted because of the acoustics, mm-hmm. which is great, um, and because we're dealing with acoustic instruments. But I feel like low key, if somebody were to make a setup where you could, like, kind yeah. of control more, um like more of like the levels of the instruments and stuff and and amplify it more mm-hmm. that would be that would be that a pretty would, cool experience cool. um i think that's all i had to say on this uh on this topic so yeah come along are we done with the news mm-hmm. not i know titties. you booked them busy so you're not gonna talk about titties i was but then you said you had a so I didn't, I, I didn't want to rush that. I feel like in that low key could be a topic. Because okay. 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 I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to rush through that. So. Yeah. Okay. Period. <laughs> All right. Time for the intermission. So of course I got my inspiration from Twitter. 
Um, so at Mama the Guru said, I pretend like I'm okay, but deep down inside, I wish I could hear Big Old Freak for the first time again. So I asked Delaney, what is, what are three pieces that she wish she could hear for the first time again? I also want to add play just in case that makes it, um, Mm. That makes it better. So we can go tit for tat. One of the first. And also, Big Old Freak is a song by Megan Oh, Stallion, yeah, Megan In case y'all. <laughs> 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 I mean, so many people knew. Pretty sure half the people did not know who that was. That's right. Um, are we playing these? Oh, yeah, let's play them. Okay. One, I already know you don't care for this piece that much. But um, one of them that I do wish that I could hear for the first time again is Shahrazad. Uh, dang why you sleep why you i don't know i put in a high school was not a fan so maybe what? i gotta have and my high school orchestra was pretty good i i, I was i think so i don't know that's that, those are high school years i was listening to it but not high school years i mean but i know what you mean i know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> but i think we're pretty good so i don't I just i like shaharazad and i, I feel like get into her I feel like it would be a very, I, what I think about Shahrazad is I think it would be a very fun piece to conduct, especially the end mm. where it's like, yeah, I feel like it would be very, and also the first time I heard Shahrazad was playing it, so mm. I also feel like those are like two different experiences, so um, yeah, I mean, most of y'all probably know what this sounds like, but I'm playing it anyway. We need to hear no more. Y'all get the point. It's loud. It's cute. Has a lot of themes and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So one of my all-time favorite symphonies. It might be my favorite. Is. Um, Sibelius's first symphony. Yeah, this that's giant, Didn't you see that when you was in Germany? Absolutely. I thought it was a sign from God. Because why why the same night I went to Germany, they were playing that piece. Girl, I got my whole life. Okay, so I'm going to play, okay, I'm going to play, like, just the opening of the first movement, and then I got to jump. I got to jump to the fourth. The, four, the fourth movement is so chaotic, like, like how you think a fourth movement would be, and then it just opens up into this beautiful, like, painstaking melody. It's just like baby girl it's like how you how you hit a home run in your first symphony like it's giving okay <laughs> um so here's here's a little bit of the first movement it's just like i love how it opens here we go let me take my charge out yeah okay 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 Okay, so Clarinet girls all over the world know that, right? Okay, but let's jump ahead now. 
Yo, and Miss Doctor Black, uh, when we did that, he was all dramatic with it. He like suspended it, so it was bump, but uh, he went. Okay, 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 okay. Because I'm getting excited. Okay, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Second movement, like real quick, real quick. I'll save it to save time, but the fourth movement, nah, I would, I would pay cash money to play that and experience that again for the first time. Like, man, it's so good. Like, wow. That second movement will have you weeping. It is so, I feel like it's highly underrated symphony. I feel like it's one of his underrated works. Everybody like, ah, second symphony, girl. No, not even close. (laughs) Um, they're doing actually now that I think about it, a Sibelius cycle here at the Seattle Symphony. Like, they're doing like a couple of his um like symphonies, and then they're like commissioning a work that's like as a response or something. Like, oh, I guess maybe the music director, maybe he just like mad into Sibelius. But um, yeah, we playing Sibelius violin concerto tonight. Oh, it's- your fave. I'll take that over freaking Brahms any day. So I don't even know what the Brahms concerto sounds like. I can't help it to you. I don't not like y'all give it too much. I'm sorry. Mm. Anyway, I can talk about this all day. <laughs> so it, it's it's fun to play. I enjoy playing it. And they got um what's the, what the old dude from? Let me stop. The concert master of of New York Phil is playing Frank Wong. I think he is play. That just sounds like butter. I'm like, I ain't never. I, uh, wow. Anyway. All right. Okay, so my second one that I wish I could hear for the uh, first time is Amen by Carlos Simon. Oh, my God. Girl. I heard this um, at the 2019 Gateways Music Festival. So if you listen real close, you can hear Katie in there. Okay. Um, you can't? You're not on the stage playing? You don't know that. I literally do. I was there. And yeah. it's also on video. Oh. So, <laughs> so anyway, here here is some of the, some of the pieces. Very good.
and Dostello brass and it was some tempe in there. So don't say we never gave y'all nothing. Man, shout out to shout out to uh, Martin McCain back there tearing right. it up. Oh my god! And, and that little that little string, y'all heard Katie that you know that part in the middle. Which part was it again? You know, you played it. No, but you tell me. I was. I don't. It's been right, such, it's been such a long time. Well, hmm. Yeah, I just want to remember. So it's been. Well, such, it's been so long. So let's run it. Well, run it back from you. It's just a little. It's oh. no need. But I'm sure I have. If, I have. Need. I'm sure. Sh- but I'm sure it left a lasting impression on each and every single listener. So I'm sure they don't. They don't need to. But what about what I need? Well, that's okay. Oh. I know that you are a. Um, a oh. selfless person putting oh. everyone's needs ahead of your own. Oh, so. okay. Anyway, um, I feel like I played this piece a couple weeks ago. Anyway, but um, I wish I could hear this piece for the first time because, um, I, there was I just remember there was so much of my life as a classical musician where I had no idea black people were writing music. I just had no idea. I had no idea this whole world existed. And then even to enter this world and realize that the people are people are writing black uh, composers are writing music for violas and i wish that i could hear um sanctum again i have done presentations on this piece i have written about this piece i have played the, i'm looking at the piece right now it's over there on the bookshelf um i've talked to hail circuit about this piece i talked to ah. beverly about this piece this no, piece, i almost picked this piece too just to troll you but i've decided to be serious because the first time i heard it was when you played it so oh good thing i'll be I agree with this pick Beverly's recording of Sanctum. Oh, well, why not? Because we have one from you, right? Here we go. But we. The hour's nigh. Well, you know, Uh, I'll make that my piece of the week then. Uh uh. The whole concept of this piece is that the difference, the, not the difference, the, I'm going to say differences because I can't find the actual word. The contrast, there we go, between the calmness and the sanctity inside of a cathedral versus the outside world. So it like pivots throughout the piece of, of these really calm sections and like really chaotic sections. There's a little bit of improv in there. This, is a, it, this piece, it gives, it gives, it gives, it gives. Okay. All right. So my last piece, um, some something I've talked about before, because every now and then I remember that one of the very few purely orchestral pieces to ever reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100 was written by a black man, um, and that's Love Theme, Love's Theme by Barry White, played by uh, the Love Unlimited Orchestra. Um, and I wish that I could hear this for the first time because I don't remember the first time I've heard it. It's a very like 
famous melody and it's just something that I feel like I've always known and coming back to it as now a classical musician I wish that I could have heard it the first for the first time again um like from that perspective you know mm-hmm. because it is and a lot of in you know it's classified as a couple of different genres kind of disco kind of soul it's been listed on a couple of different uh charts um but for it to be I wish I could find the other ones um but it just only lists it as one of the very few purely um, orchestral pieces to to reach number one mm-hmm. um, on the Hot 100. And so I don't know what the other ones are. Uh, I doubt they're classical, though, just because, you know, that's like across all genres, you know. So and it did that um, in 1974, by the way. So, yeah, I'm just play a little bit of it. Or am I? It's my phone will work. to the part where the you know brass and stuff comes in okay is this gonna turn off no yes no maybe so okay um well the brass is gonna come in but yeah that's for um orchestra and uh wah-wah guitar and rhythm section yeah okay boom so which it is it is 2012 sophomore year in college i just decided that i didn't hate the viola i'm gonna actually try um and i decided i did not want to be a dentist and i was trying to figure out how can i emote more when i play instead of just stand there look like a statue because i didn't know how to do that i've never that was never expected of me um while i loved always love playing the viola i would i never i always have people who move like that was just doing too much i was in high school so some, uh, some of them so i mean there's but, a middle ground <laughs> but uh, i wanted to learn how to do that so I was looking for people to watch, and on my YouTube came this recording of Janine Yance. And I talk about this recording all the time. She's playing the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto at the proms, and this piece like is so good to me. I think it's one of the best concerti ever written, not the best. Um, okay, and I just love this performance so much, mainly because of like the ease that she's playing it. Like there is literally like there's this one part where it's just so incredibly difficult. And she's just smiling and turning around to the orchestra and having a good time. I'm like, girl, I would be fighting for my life. <laughs> like, I, I didn't have to do a master class on, on Wednesday. And she asked me, it was with Karen Richards, and she was asking me, like. You can invite me? Girl, it wasn't virtual. Oh. I could have flew out. Okay. Okay. I thought she was going to be in person. I'm wondering, like, he didn't cancel my lesson. Because my lesson is riding right up on studio, right? Like, I have this hour between my lesson and studio. He didn't cancel my lesson. He asked me to meet her. And I'm like, you don't got to go get her and see if she want no coffee or no lunch or nothing like that. I get into the room. She on Zoom. I said, girl, I could have wore sneakers for this. I mean, <laughs> whatever. Um, And she was like, this is one part in the bar talk where, like, whatever. I'm all the way up there. She's like, so what are you thinking? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, girl, I am fighting for my life right now. I'm not thinking about anything. <laughs> and the people laughing, I'm like, what you laughing for? <laughs> like, 
why am I thinking about? She looks confused. You know, she, she looked confused. But I'm like, I am fighting right. for my life. Okay. Um, and I just so I was so inspired by that with her because like she the ease that she plays the violin. Anyway, this is Mendelssohn Mendelssohn Violin Concerto First Movement. This song is so good. You don't like it? You already you already know how I feel about the concerto because yeah. there was a person in my youth orchestra that oh, would play man. it constantly. One of those people that plays the concerto during tuning, during breaks, during everything. And only knew it up until that point where it gets fast with the descending. Right. I mean I could play that. Up until until it, yeah. Like hard only knew it up to that point. So we just play up to that point. Oh my God. That like is so over annoying. and over and over again. And I was in youth orchestra with this person for like six years or something like that. So <laughs> it was just yeah. I, I can never look at that that movement of that concerto the same. I mean, but you know what? Luckily for you, he stopped it up until that point. Because when I tell you that junk gets progressively I know it's a concerto. Mr. Taylor, like, look, he treated my life one day. Cause I was just like, I feel like I was like, I, pl- I just feel like I was playing Walton at the time. I was like, I just feel like I can't get comfortable. Like, I feel like I'm always on edge. He's like, it's a concerto, Katie. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, anybody asked you for all that? Anyway, that junk gets progressively more and more ridiculous as it goes down the page. Like after that, uh all right the chord. Oh my god. So like girl, I don't let them I'm like medicine you play. I feel like we need to start a petition. Composers need to be able to play on their if you want me to um play some you need to be able to play on your respective instrument. Double stops on all flutes. Could you imagine? Double stops and all bassoon. If you could, if not show double stops, show me how you play it on yours. I will play it on mine because y'all be writing stuff that be edging on impossible. I don't like that. I don't like that. And then we'll be looking, uh, looking sideways when some viola prodigy start composing. That's like Xavier Foley. I feel like Xavier Foley. Oh. His composition, like he, you know, he composes and um, people like buy his stuff. And I just feel like he has such a unique sound. I feel like really only him, he should play his stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I appreciate people uh, supporting him and like playing his stuff. But like when he plays it, of course, it's just, it's just, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Like, it's just, I don't even know how to, how to explain it. Like, you, you simply cannot. That's like when Tim. Pro started writing stuff. Like, girl, go home. Leave us alone. <laughs> like, I remember I, I played for Xavier when I was, I think, a sophomore in college. And he was like, you know, I just don't think that you need to be worried so much about technique. I'm like, no, you don't need to be worried so much technique. We are not the same. <laughs> we are not the same. And that's what the, that's what these people don't understand. That's what Adam Adam Sandberry don't oh, understand. Oh, don't understand. He always talking about we 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 what? Why are you speaking French? Okay. I went to um 
<laughs> so I went to dinner with Adam and and the fellows a couple nights ago, and I was introducing the new fellow to Adam. I'm like, this is Adam. Okay. This is like this is the best flutist you will ever meet, and he was like, Katie, and I'm like, dang, I wish Delaney was here because we would oh. we would lit you up. And you know place. he was he was rejoicing that I was not there. Rejoicing, I'm like, when I tell you, you have every idea you have conceptualized about the flute up until this moment that you said because this was her first rehearsal. This was after her first rehearsal. I was like, any idea you have conceptualized about the flute up until today here wednesday is incorrect whatever you heard just now take that internalize it and you know what what we really should do i just feel like nobody should even play the flute anymore after that and what should we should do we should find out when the next flute conference is going on i'm gonna bring a trash bag i'm just going around <laughs> and start collecting flutes i'm gonna just go ahead, I'm just go around and start collecting them what are you doing with this flute first of all did you ask adam if you could play the flute Right, it's giving you disrespect. Need to, you need to clear away Adam first before you start playing the flute. First of all, collecting them, melting them down, and and doing an ultimate flute for Adam. That's I feel oh, like that's really what needs period. to happen. We could get what's it called a bunsen burner? Wait, no, not a bunsen burner. That's too small. Um, <laughs> the the melty thing the the come uh, you know what I'm talking you know what I'm talking about the um thing that they pour like gold and stuff in right get some of those get some of them glasses and get I some of them like, industrial gloves I feel like there might be like a myth or something about like a like a warrior that like collects the weapons of his past like people that he's defeated in the past mm. I feel like this is like the ultimate version of that. Mm. If him, we're collecting all the flutes and melting them down to the ultimate flute for Adam, the flutist. We can keep a couple of them flutes, though. We can give it to like kids to play to learn flute right, from Adam. Right, 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 right. Yeah, exclusively. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no one. Okay. No one else. Okay, so all right. Um, we'll now get a petition we've come to going. An agreement. We need to get a truck with the. We need to get a truck with the machine on it, so it's easier. Right. Yeah. So just in case people don't want to get their flutes, we can take them. Right, exactly. Because there will be um, I I don't know I don't see why, but I I could imagine there might be some pushback on that. Right. Yeah. I don't. So. I I feel like it's unreasonable pushback, but just in case there is some, if we have a truck, we could just snatch it by force. Right, and just drive away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so thinking. like, it's already melted by the time it's it's too late. It's already. Sorry. Good. So we have plans. We got to get. We got. We, is someone making a list. Someone make a list. We got right. to. <laughs> we have to go. We have to get the the silk top forces and do rag for Joseph, and then we have to facilitate the wire transfer from Cleveland, and then we got to melt the flutes. Someone write and that you know down. What? You know what I was thinking about that I forgot to mention during the, when we was talking about the the dress code thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like a dress code change I really could get behind is if everybody in orchestra made shirts. With Joe's face on it. Oh, I feel like that should really That's be perfectly the dress reasonable. code. That should be the dress code for the orchestra and the audience. For every orchestra. It, exactly. Okay, so we have a lot to do in a little <laughs> bit of time. So, I um I have made a list. I have written I feel like these down. The genre of the show has transferred to <laughs> fiction. This is just a fiction storytelling podcast. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you, I'm, That's true. It's documentary. <laughs> it's pre-documentary we're, we're foreseeing what will happen and also it's, we could use um all the melted down flute material 
um to pay for the inevitable bail money we're gonna need just in case i don't maybe not inevitable but right and then more even more so for you because of the embezzling that you'll be doing it's not embezzling it's an accident remember uh, you have to get your right. story straight just in case I ask you some questions. Uh, okay, right. On this audio file that we're going to post to the internet. I mean, but to be fair, to me, I said it was going to be an accident. Right. An accident that you planned. So I can't just, make uh, them accidentally. Quite literally an oxymoron. So I can't. Listen, all I'm saying, I cannot make. I'm not saying I'm going to make them deposit in my account. I'm saying in the event when it's accidentally place to my account i'm taking it because why'd you put it in my account I feel the like, fact this will I never like happen you don't know that and first of all like i said the way i manifest my business and if they if you listen you accidentally drop 50 bands in my account you got to tighten up because why are you accidentally dropping off money in people's accounts i mean although i agree i just know that the law is not will not be on your side well i'm black <laughs> and a woman so i mean I'm see regardless, but i'm not wrong <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> All right. Well, Am what, I? what portion of the episode were we in? That was the intermission. Oh. How did we even get here? Um, it took a lot of imagination about? and trife. But you know, yeah, I don't even. I'm not even gonna try to trace retrace our steps. I don't don't <laughs> because I, I can't even tell you how something about Adam. Yeah, we talked about Adam, and then oh, and then because before you were talking about composers composing stuff. That they shouldn't be, and then I started talking about. Oh. I mean, that they can't play, and then I started talking about Xavier Foley and how we're not the same. And then you started talking about Adam, oh, okay? And how we're not the same? Yeah, okay. That's I mean, that seems like a pretty good progression up until. Yeah, the, the sh- I feel right. like we got to derail with the t-shirts. Yeah, but we were. I mean, everything up until that point was co- completely reasonable. <laughs> yeah. All right, people are gonna stop listening to the show, and I wouldn't blame them actually. Because it's getting quite ridiculous. I mean, but here you are. Here we are. So, but we have a fun episode this week. So basically, um, this year there's been a couple of like very highly anticipated albums, or at least albums that have um even if they weren't being anticipated like did really really well one of which i won't mention because i had to listen to it against my will um oh girl girl well, that I has never is it on oh didn't they get leaked to spotify Cause I, th- I thought they only did title or am i incorrect i don't even know I thought it leaked. all the weird stuff that was leading up to it i'm sorry y'all standards are way too low i will pay any amount like honestly i will pay any amount and i'm talking about like all the money i have in my account and that's saying something considering the fact that i only get a stipend any amount of money to never hear that person's name again Girl. tell me who i can contact uh, right that's why i was like i feel like I know we have the ability to like mute words and accounts. I feel like we should be able to mute ideas. Like some, like y'all, like just general. If you even think about this, you're muted. Like that's that's what. Yo, what that episode of Black Mirror next, where you can mute people? Uh, I would never watch that show. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't blame you. There, I, there were some yeah. sleepless nights. Can't lie. Um, but anyway, yeah, a lot of um, anticipated albums. Nas put out an album earlier this year. J Cole. Drake and as we will talk about on this episode Lil Nas X that was a very highly anticipated album because he has been I think people have talked about how artists can just like be 
they're just out and as artists and then like their debut album is like not really a debut because they've been artists for like literally years mm-hmm. um so but it's always still um anticipatory for them to come out with their first album their first like cohesive piece of work um with the exception if they have like an ep or something anyway um so i think we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that we was going to be talking about some of the albums that we were listening to and that uh we really liked so for me that's gonna be Lil Nas X's uh album that came out last month Montero yeah so basically um we're gonna talk about uh the album and some of the aspects um that stuck out to us and that might connect to classical music because you know we always do our mental gymnastics bring it back around some weeks to be right there other weeks we be bending and twisting like Simone Biles so right um so okay everyone knows of course this is my album pick so everyone knows i like the album so um i'll start with asking you your first impressions and maybe some standout tracks if you have any favorites etc okay so um i listen to it straight through um how i normally um listen to artists that i don't know and getting to know i mean of course i know little nas x but like just i know him from being around i don't know um yes yeah and i know him with my student's obsession with old town road um years ago years ago yeah years ago um but it, it wasn't i'm gonna be honest it wasn't my thing it wasn't really my thing um so there's that there are there are a couple songs that i did like um because one they've been around okay so the first one that i do like is the the title track because it's around i'm I'm on tiktok all the time um people use it as a sound um and i don't i don't mind that song um the second song is the one featuring my man Thank you so much for listening to Classic Black <laughs> Podcast. I'm just you're not gonna mention this man on this podcast again. We're talking about we're talking Y'all about the album. You, I mean, I'm sorry. I I apologize to Delaney, my beloved co-host and friend, and also my ancestors. But apology not accepted. Jack Harlow is so fine. And uh, move on. And the reason why I just want to clear my name. I just want to clear my name. I want to There's nothing you can say. I, I want to clear my name, please. Oh, how? I, I beg. Okay. The reason is he is so charismatic. Like that's the difference. A lot of these <laughs> a lot of these cishet men have the personality of a brown paper bag that was left in the rain with a turkey sandwich in it he has so like the whole sweetie thing like he's just so that was not cute sweetie's oh, way out of his league my in my God. opinion okay I, the fact that he even had the audacity to approach her okay. was insulting also in like opinion. if you watch his interviews like he's just super down to earth he's very much like like <clears throat> he's very much like he brings the squad along like, when he did his hot ones interview and he was like his friend was introduced him to the show he's like oh you gotta check the show out like you gotta be on the show one day and it was like years ago and then he finally got on the show he brought his friend with him and it got his friend wings and he played along no i just want to make a point of how we were centering blackness in this episode I'm and so now katie sorry. has that's gone on a tangent ancestors. talking about jack harlow <laughs> I, just want I to point apologize that to my ancestors i i apologize to quofus who is my great 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 grandfather um mm-hmm. 
I, I apologize. However, it, he is so Not funny. however. <laughs> okay, we get it. You like the industry anyway, baby. Anyway, so industry baby. And then another one that I actually ended up adding to um to one of my playlists um, is a song Void. I actually really, 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 really like that song. Like, I was like, hold on. Because, like, I had it going and I was like, uh, like, I like Meg's song. None, nothing none of these songs i was like oof you know like, there was nothing i didn't there's nothing i disliked i i acknowledge that this is not really my vibe um but i listened th- to it straight through like a um artist i'd be tr- like trying out for the first time i listened to this stuff for, so it's very and it's also very rare that i can't get through an artist's entire album i think the last person that happened to was drake's new person the ovo smiley whoa what a mistake um <laughs> what a mistake but um yeah i listened to the whole thing i like doja's song because I, I think doja's a genius um i liked even though the the, the feet thing okay i'm trying to get past that because i feel like it didn't really happen i did some research but something about doja but she is a genius and i like meg's song but like thing that stuck out to me the title song my man song and void it wasn't his song it was featuring him but okay Anyway, let's move on. Um, okay, so I too listened to it straight through um, the first time. I will say, listen for for me. I I also would say like I was not super familiar with Lil Nas X's music because excuse Poppy, and I don't really listen to pop music. Yeah, that's, like that's like that. the main thing for me was really pop. And but every now and then some pop artists will like break through and like for me years ago that used to be the Jonas Brothers I really like the Jonas Brothers mm-hmm. like the, for for I don't know every now and then there is some a pop sound that is just like fun and like peppy yeah, and like yeah, upbeat yeah. whatever mm-hmm. um so when I listen to things especially a body of work straight through like that I rarely have first opinions mm-hmm. you know um I feel like it's literally just like in taking it and so, so I listened to it um, all the way through the first time. And because of that, because it takes me a little bit of time to process, Industry Baby was immediately in my top because I had heard it multiple times before. Mm. Um, and I'm mad because I was going to skip through Jack Carlos' verse when I first listened to <laughs> Industry Baby. <laughs> but I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> I actually did enjoy his verse. I very, actually very much like it. Um, and... I listened to the album again straight not straight through in order but on shuffle um too it's funny that you say um void because even though i listen to the album quite a bit and i do like it there are some songs on it that i have not listened to since my initial sure to listen listens through um and i feel like i should because once i started there was some that i like was listening to and then I like kind of was listening to them over and over again. And then I picked a couple more to like try to introduce. And then my top ones started changing. Mm. So I feel like I do need to listen to um, like Void. Void is one of the ones that I have not listened to since. Um, The one with Miley Cyrus, the In My Dreaming one. I haven't listened to that one uh, since I listened through the album. Um, I would say, oh, the one with Elton John either. And a couple of them, Sun Goes Down, Life After Salem, Don't Want It. Those, I, I literally couldn't tell you what they sound like right now. I'm not, I just haven't, like, gone back to them. Mm-hmm. I think my initial top three were um, Tales of Dominica, 
was definitely I just really really liked I that one I also one. think that a lot of and I, maybe I'll play some because I have it pulled up um a lot of the a lot of the songs have really good instrumentals yeah. a lot of brass and strings and stuff um and some violinists were even playing Tales of Dominica I'm gonna play a little bit of that one that one was one that it just sounded different to me like the melody I think when I first heard it it didn't go where like you know how you sometimes in school you have to like predict melodies like you sing the yeah. first half sing the left that was one where it didn't go where I expected it to and so that immediately kind of like caught my attention mm-hmm. I just really like that one so um I'm gonna play a little bit of Tales of Dominica Woke up on the floor Oh, this plastic bed Don't blow up no more And this broken home Everyone becomes predictable Oh, sometimes you're angry Sometimes you're hurting Sometimes you're all alone Sometimes I'm anxious Sometimes it makes me feel like I'm gonna play a little bit of the the violin part at the end too, just so y'all know what people was talking about. Yeah, so a couple people were, like, playing that on social media, which is cute. Um, That was initially one of my first. That's What I Want was also uh, one of my first, which um, was one of the songs on the album that had a music video that was um, really, really popular and that I would certainly watch um, if I was y'all. I think those two in Industry Baby were in my top. Um, And then... My cousin was like, oh, Dollar Sign Slime and Dead Right Now um, are my favorite. And then after I listened to Dead Right Now afterwards, I was like, oh, this is definitely one of my favorites. It also. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That was one that I will say of all of them did catch my ear. Not like the song itself that I like, like, ooh, I love this song, like on the first try, but the lyrics caught my eye because I mean caught my eye, you hear me? Caught my ear, um, because of that was the one that he was talking about his mom and like mm. I know that, you know, there was some things in the news because his mom struggles with substance um oh, yeah. you know, substance issues and she was on the street and people were like, Little no sexy not helping his mom. That was so invasive. And I really don't like people. You don't know exactly stuff is so layered. You have no idea. Exactly. And it was like, you know, a situation where, you know, he first of all, Lil Nas X is younger than me. Yeah, he's very young. Yeah. Um, I think he's 22. I turn 23 next week. So, um, yeah, he's 22. And and it was a situation where, you know, he, of course, is a millionaire and wanted to help his mom. But with the issues that was going on, it wasn't working out. And you can only put yourself in that position so much. And we don't know everything that was going on, you know? And so, so terrible to me because it's just like, you don't know what... Yes, he first of all he got famous really fast, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And that's such a delicate thing. You don't know what that relationship is. You don't know how he's actually helping. Exactly. That's what the song is about. Yeah. 
the song is about like how he got famous and he said when you get this rich and famous everybody coming to you saying hallelujah how you do it you've been on my mind you've been running through it like basically talking about how all, everybody's like let me hold this amount of money yeah. oh my god i've been thinking about you but whatever and he talked about his mom and um oh, yeah i just gotta play like a little bit of that because the the um like basically the lyrics like really caught my eye because they were first of all really um really obviously very personal to him um in that relationship and also because I had heard that story and it was very much about like um some of the it, it kind of like shed light on like when you have like these relationships um of people that are supposed to be close to you and um they say certain things to you that really like cut deep you know, he was talking about some of the um, some of the conversations that he had with his dad, where his dad was saying it's a one in a million chance, and he was like, "Well, I'm, I'm gonna be that one," and how he was saying how like if he didn't get here, he would have committed suicide and all this stuff. Like it was just like mm-hmm. it's a very personal song, um, and I want to play um, a little bit. Um, I'll play the, from the chorus, and then I'll play the part um, about his mom. Um, let's see. I was like that was just very like hard for me to even I mean I really like the song so it's not like hard for me to listen to but like to to hear that like like him talking about your mom getting clean and then not being clean and then you don't believe what she says that she loves you and 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 to have I'm not gonna get too much in my business but like saying when she's drunk she hits you up saying oh god's never gonna forgive you for like what you did like could you imagine getting that call as a teenager yeah like so i just felt like the the album had a a lot of like range and we can talk and we'll talk a little bit about that i mean then another song that came in my thing that i won't that i won't play um is doja's song scoop um which i actually ended up really liking and i have I know we on a time constraint, so I won't go into like everything. I would say like the features on the album, there were like some things that I wish I wish I had gotten more from. I expected more of Meg's feature. I also think it's just because like the song, the end, right? Yeah, I think the the song lengths were very short, like mm-hmm. throughout the entire album, and I think that kind of threw off the proportions for me in terms of a lot of the features. 
Am so I crazy? a lot of them were super oh, short. No, I was just gonna say a lot of them were super short. Am I crazy or are like these new features? It's like it, it's like artists is putting them at the end of the song, like that's new, right? I don't know. I feel like I gotta listen. Like I've I gotta listen to more stuff. You know, I'm like really trying to get into listening to things as they come out now. Mm. So I feel like I haven't been in the past. So I don't know. I was talking to Nikki about that. She was like, "Katie, that's always how it always is." And I'm like, I don't remember that. First of all, we are. I know I was listening to the Friend Zone and Dustin talked about this a, a while ago about how features used to be like remixes of features used to be like features like it will be like the whole song and we yeah. are i feel like it's straying so much from that because i have memories of the feature at least being like somewhere in the in the middle in of the, the middle. song and then there's at least like ad libs or something some participation through the end of the song and i feel like i, I it really stuck out to me with cardi and normani song sorry other way around it's normani song featuring cardi where like a Normani song really could stand alone without it. And that was mm-hmm. like really bizarre to me because it was like not only did Cardi not really add anything to the song and I love her down, it was like almost like thrown on the end of it, like right before it's over. It's like that's how features are always and I'm like, girl, that's not I don't I'm like, is this a new thing where the artist just comes at the end of the song and then that's it? Like especially like when we talk about like, you know, the baby and with Meg, how they used to do that you know, he would be like right at the beginning of the song or, and then ad lives at the end or something like that. It's just like, it's new now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely think it, it kind of threw the proportions of the song off yeah. a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, if Maybe if they could have added like another verse from him at the back of Meg's verse or at the back of Doja's verse um, to make the songs a little bit longer because a lot of them were like in the two minute range and i think that's also what made it just feel like very rushed meg's verse was like very short doja's verse is also very very Mm -hmm. short it's only a couple lines um that is something that i um that i wish i saw more of so but yeah um those are some of like the top songs and the things that that stuck out to me in terms of like how how i'm connecting them to classical music in my mind i feel like there's two things to talk about um you mentioned to me and i was tripping i didn't realize what you were saying but like of the i talked a little bit about the range of the album not just in terms of the subject matter but also like genre rise Mm -hmm. i think that's something that we've seen around lil nas x for a while now especially with old town road Mm -hmm. so you know you know it was on the country charts and then it wasn't and the country people was mad because he was calling it country um and then, you know, Billy Ray Cyrus came and did the remix, try to, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, help out and stuff. So I feel like there's there's always been, I feel like since the very, very beginning, been this sort of um, conversation around Lil Nas X and, like, what genre he fits into. Um, ultimately, yeah, I say it's pop, but um, I kind of want to hear, like, what you, what you thought about, like, the different, the different things that he, like, played around with the album um i think it's really cool because you don't really see that from a lot of artists i think and i think it helped that he came out like as like a quote-unquote like country artist because like people were already having discussions about like what category he fit into and that i feel like that just helps him out a lot i feel like it just gives him more space to explore because i think with other artists like and i feel like we talked about this before about how with other artists they get criticized for all of their stuff sounding the same even though they have a certain aesthetic 
And then when they try to go outside of that, when they try to experiment, you call it trash. We saw this with um, that dude we canceled, Cardi with Be Careful. I felt Be Careful is like one of Cardi's like best songs. Um, Drake, Drake is notorious for hopping around and stuff like that, and people just call him trash for that. When Jamaica, he thinks he's Jamaican sometimes. He thinks he's a drill artist sometimes. And it's like he gets – anytime artists that are in a specific category branch out – I feel like um, it's harder for them. It's harder for them. Where for him, I think it's really fascinating. You don't really see. You don't really see a lot of this. Yeah, it is hard, and it's hard to have that versatility. Cause like, for example, I don't listen to. I know she changed her name to Lotto, but everyone else knows Mulatto. Like she came up with that new song with that sample. I don't really. Did you see that when she her. was like in that ladybug costume or something? I saw it on Twitter. I tell you, I do not pay attention to her. Is she is she it problematic? Was on, I feel like that's the reason why I stopped paying attention to her. It was, um, I mean, it was going around Twitter because people were like, I don't know. And I don't listen to Mulatto, so I don't, yeah. it just was giving, yeah, it just like, I think they were basically saying like it was a vibe that was like, it was like more of a, a Doja vibe. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, there are some, I, I'm not going to get too much into it, but basically like that's a, an example. Like I'm glad that she wanted to branch out personally. I don't think it works, but um uh, I, I don't it didn't work and i have my reasons for that but um i don't need i'm not i'm not even gonna be like oh it was just trash like i think there are actual reasons why it didn't work um but i do think that like Lil Nas X is a a successful like example of that now i was reading a diversity statement from a classical music organization um mm. it was a radio station and um one of the things that they said was that a lot of the time people think that like diversity in this field means like bringing in other genres but we're just trying to like reach more people with like be- while being dedicated to the like the western classical tradition and that was the first time i had seen somebody put like i i feel like they said what everybody was thinking with all the other classical music organizations rather <laughs> we're thinking mm-hmm. um because a lot of people try to try to tiptoe their way around that um personally i don't agree because i think you know i have this whole this whole thing about about genre i personally i think that people if you think that genre is purely uh, used for categorization i think you're, you're lying to yourself because i feel like to say something like that and not acknowledge the ways that genre is like weaponized against black people in particular mm-hmm. you know how it was weaponized against scott joplin when he wrote that opera and it was like ragtime opera no ragtime in the opera it's just opera mm-hmm. you know to sort of other him i feel like that's something that we need to address in classical music before y'all get to saying oh well, we're not gonna bring other genres into this because your idea of what other other genres what that whole phrase even means it's probably colonized. Probably. I mean, when they, th- they think Florence Price is the other genre. Exactly. So. Like, well, you know, it's a Juba, so, yeah. you know, maybe, you know, like, it's maybe we put that on the Pops concert or something. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? Yes, actually. Um, so. Right. Um, that was just something that I could, that I noticed, um, about like how that that I think that a lot of classical music organizations can take from artists um, and from projects like this that do sort of 
that they have a diversity of sound and i'm not saying the classical music doesn't have that but it, it i will say it's not obvious to people who don't have a, a year for classical music and i don't think that that's like necessarily okay like I'm, I'm beginning to think like after we talked to yasmin after i've talked to other people like i said i took somebody to their first classical music concert i'm starting to learn more and think more about how classical music sounds to people who don't play it mm-hmm. um and i don't think like some people are like oh yeah we have the ear for it and that's why we're better at it like i don't think it, it is a better way to listen to classical music i just think it's different mm-hmm. and so i think um like i'm losing my train of thought what was i talking about oh like the the versatility like the having the diversity of sound like the fact that he was able to put out an an album that had a diversity of sound in terms of genre but still it didn't sound like a hodgepodge of stuff you know like it didn't sound like he just picked songs out of a hat and put them at least not to me so um i feel like that's something that I took away that um, I think classical music can definitely be more exploratory mm-hmm. about. Um, it's sort of questioning their idea of, of how they even see genre because I think that that is not something that we talked about. That's something that interests of mine. I love genre theory. You know, I love I love categories and things. You know how I am, but I think that is one aspect that I actually. I'm not saying get rid of all of them because I think some things do fall neatly into a genre. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of things are forced. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I think, like I said, if people a lot a lot of people have the impression that genre is is purely used for categorizing things, it's just for organizing, it's just for whatever, whatever. But the way that we actually think about it, maybe involuntarily in the way that we or like subconsciously rather, um, in the way that we like interact with music based on it, is like a lot of it is based on feelings and yeah. uh and like all kinds of other things but yeah that's kind of like my takeaway from that i don't know if you how you feel about it yeah i mean i feel like um in terms of the genre especially for american orchestras i feel like when they start exploring what american classical music is and dive into that i feel like they might be they, they might start scratch an iceberg of, of what of, of how to diversify the audiences how to do all this woo, 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 woo. because you play like you'll program like Brahms and like all this other stuff Mozart that are on the same concert and then put like a new music thing on there and be like okay period this is tea and it's like if you open it up to American classical music and you start playing jazz and you start and like let copeland go i'm talking about playing jazz um indigenous music stuff like that you will find your crowd would naturally well not naturally i don't want to say that because then they gonna start thinking they could, that's all they gotta do but it will it will help your crowd start to naturally become diverse um <clears throat> but yeah yeah, I feel like that is a pattern because I actually just wrote program notes for a not a, it wasn't an all American concert. Three out of the four of the composers were American, and the other one was Ravel, who, as we know, was very influenced by jazz, Negro spirituals, ragtime stuff like that. So it all had influence at least from American music, um, and I just feel like yeah, those concerts where they do like um, American classical music, it are so much different because of 
I mean, because a lot of American composers were influenced by black people and black music. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just naturally, I feel like, different. But yeah. Y'all be easy, though. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> the other, like, unique thing about this album that I wanted to talk about that I'm very curious of how it might connect to classical music is the marketing for it. I have not seen that. I've never seen an album roll out like this before. Like, I think some people were like, oh, no one ever does album rollouts anymore. Like, they just do the surprise album, which, first of all, you're not going to come for Beyonce in front of my face. Because, um, basically, that's like when Beyonce dropped self-titled. It was out of nowhere. It was, oh, my gosh, Beyonce dropped the album. And then people started just doing that. Um, However... I understand, like, people like the art of, like, putting out a couple singles. Like, he put out Montero, then he put out Industry Baby. Um, and then, you know, like, anticipating the album and stuff. But that's not just what Lil Nas X did. I know Katie is not a fan of some of some of what accompanied the album rollout. Basically, basically, he had a lot of things going on. He had the Montero video, which was a huge deal, a very dramatic video. Um he had the Saint. Sh- to be fair, that's not him. You said you didn't see it. No, I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. He had the Saint and shoes that he got so- sued over that had like blood in them or something. Um, he had the Industry Baby video, um, and then he had a couple of other shorter, um, shorter videos. Most of which he was impregnated, um, and. <laughs> <laughs> the baby the baby was the album a lot of artists refer to their music their albums or whatever like babies because they're projects that they literally are working on for sometimes years sometimes you know nine months could be um and so he had some a couple of things like he had a baby shower video he had this one video that wasn't highly publicized but i saw it um on his youtube channel of like him like on a talk show about it and that's when his water broke and then that's when it went to the <laughs> the actual like when he gave birth to the album um can you tell the people how you how you felt about that i was following him into the childbirth stuff like i was following <laughs> the shoe stuff the i I think little not is hilarious i feel like he really knows how to use the internet i feel like he knows he knows he's just so masterful at how he does that stuff it's everything and the the thing is with me is like everything is not for everybody so it's just like listen do your thing the pregnancy thing the whole i was like what are we even doing i didn't i didn't care for it but he don't care about me and you know that's fine like i was just that's where i was just like it was just too much like it was just like he was doing too much that was like come on I think that a lot of his style, especially when it comes to visuals and stuff, is over the top. He did say in that, like, the one, the video that came before the childbirth, where he was, like, on the, like, this make-believe, like, talk show and everything, he was ranking his videos, um, his music videos and his favorites, and he mentioned that he likes to use a lot of, like, CGI and, like, stuff like that in his music videos, and I think that's something that Lil Nas X really delivers on, is the visuals mm-hmm. um, and stuff. And I was just thinking about like the way also he also had some some billboards that were like I saw um some pictures of them where it was like those like you may be titled you may be entitled to compensation billboards. And like he like basically trolls people who troll him back. So of course Lil Nas X is openly gay and a lot of 
people are just literally backflipping off of buildings because they've, I guess, never heard of gay people before. I don't know. And um, so then he had like billboards that said that had his face on it. And it was like, gay? You may be in. That's hilarious. I did not see that. What's <laughs> the financial compensation? That yeah, is like, hilarious. Let me look for that. Yeah, like, and then he'll be like, like he had that one video where he announced the album, and he was like, "Okay, I have to go back because I feel like y'all just need to y'all just to see all this." There were just so many materials, so many things that led up to the release of the album, which is why I was like, I've never seen anybody like market something like this before or like roll out an album like this before like because we all because for those of y'all who have seen the industry baby video you know they break out of prison in that video him and jack harlow um they break out of prison and um and then the follow-up is the album announcement where there's like breaking news power bottom little nas x (laughs) breaks Breaks out of prison. Like, he just really leans into, like, everything. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. He's just funny. and like that's hilarious. I saw the billboard. That's hilarious. I love that the... I love that... Gay, you might be entitled to financial compensation. Visit welcometomontero.com. Yeah. And, like, everything just redirects to the thing. And he also, with the whole pregnancy thing, he was taking donations um to support pregnant people and cash apping them and donating to charities like each of like he had a bunch of fundraisers that i think the songs in the album corresponded with different organizations and stuff like that so it was just like a very like you can tell he's very involved in the rollout and so then that got me thinking and i feel like we should not not Mara being over here. We have a live audience for this one. Um, well, it literally works in mar- marketing, and I was like, we should have had her as a guest. But um, I was just thinking about like, I have never personally. I would never know when an orchestra or any sort of classical music anything release an album. Um, if it weren't for classically black, I feel like mm. because they send us press releases. <laughs> yeah, to be. Keep it a book. I, I mean, I've said this several times. I don't follow many institutions on, on like, I, I don't know what y'all be doing. I don't, I'm not on classical music, social media. Mm. The most I'm on is classically black and the Memphis Symphony. Mm. I think that's it, actually. No, BSU at Eastman. They, I follow them. Mm. I would love, you know, we, we don't have to see Gustavo with a prosthetic oh, belly on. I, I do follow that up. <laughs> We don't need to see him with a prosthetic uh, belly on or nothing. I mean, or we could. I'll be in there. But, but I would be so interested to see what sort of creative marketing that could be brought into classical music. Um, probably, it would probably have to be, not have to, but it would probably work best around contemporary music just because it's like, I feel like you would just be kind of assigning a narrative to like, if you were to do like something like this for a Beethoven symphony, it would just be made up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the marketing for Montero corresponded with the actual album and the music itself. But I feel like low key, if I saw like some creative um, sort of marketing from classical music organizations that was actually like fun and that like directed people more to this music, I feel like, especially especially using that visual element like i said Lil Nas x is really good with visuals i feel like that would at least give people something more to connect to because um 
when I took, I, like I said, I took somebody for their first classical music concert. One of the first questions they asked me, I think the first question they asked me was like, so what is the appeal of <laughs> this? Like, he's like, there's no words. There's no like what, what. So I feel like adding another element that would like, cause like program notes exist. Not everybody will read them, but I feel like there are other ways to get, um, to get more creative because a lot of the classical music, like a lot of the pieces that we play have interesting stories behind them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Sherazad has a story behind it. Some people, the closest that we actually get to this is Carnival of the Animals, I would say. Yeah. The closest we get to this in actual practice is Carnival of the Animals because some people do uh, their own creative staging for this. Um, like I went to, there was like the dude from Will and Grace. He like narrated it and they had costumes on stage. I saw this at the Hollywood Bowl. When did they do that? Hmm? When, when did they do that? This was like maybe... I think this was the last summer we was outside, so like 2019. Okay, see, I have, I have, I have conflicting. Fin- go ahead, and finish. That's why I asked. There's a reason why I asked that. Hmm? Uh, there's a reason why I asked that. But go ahead. Uh-oh. You can go ahead. Um, I'm just saying, like, I feel like in those concerts are always super successful, and people feel free to like laugh when funny things happen, and like they're like, they I just feel like there's a there's something else for people to grab onto. Um. And I think that a lot of the pieces in classical music, they have interesting backstories. They have um, interesting circumstances under which they were written and stuff that I feel like are not, like the the connection of those circumstances to the music are like things that are like very subtle. Like, oh, this banging on the temple. How was somebody supposed to discern that that was the cannons that were going off yeah. when so-and-so texted your girl and what you know like yeah. you know what i mean like they, oh there was a conflict a lover's quarrel or whatever like i feel like we need something more classical music needs to give and i feel like it would be more um like just thinking of that um that example i think maybe somebody can can give us more examples but i think carnival of the animals is the closest that we get to that and also la phil has a they have a when they were doing like online concerts, they actually have like a sto- like a storytelling thing that like corresponds with each movement, and it has like visuals on it. Um, I don't know. I feel like that kind of is, that that might entice me. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the idea is nice, like the 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 good like better marketing and stuff like that. Um, but okay, so um, I was on TikTok. And I'm actually no longer ashamed of that because there's this creator I follow and he was like, I hate people who, um, I hate people who don't be on social media like that. You said, make it their personality trait. Like, okay, outcast. <laughs> like, okay, I'll I be reading it. Okay, good for you, cookie. Like, I, and I was like, I realized it's like, it's entertaining and I like it. I like to, I love TikTok actually. Anyway, I was on TikTok in the comments and um, there's this, there's this guy that goes around and asks people what they're listening to. They have headphones on, and so it was. Uh, you get a, a, a. I've come across a lot of music by just being like, "Oh, that sounds interesting." And this one guy was like, "Oh, I'm listening to Track Six Symphony." And someone in the comments was like, "You listen to you listen to classical music? What is it like 1754?" And I was I felt my soul leave my body because I was like, <laughs> "Now I'm a viola right here." Like, um, people are so disconnected from like classical music even still going on. Like, what's that? that what you said like 
what's the appeal of it like i can't people are still doing that you get paid for asking i was just about to say you can pay for that <laughs> right like there's such a disconnect that i feel like there's so there i feel like well, i'm just gonna say this i'm blue in the face there is so much work that has to be done by classical music to even reach the point of marketing affecting people that they're not willing to do and if you think that's a good point if you think about it like okay so the la field does a lot of marketing like their pages like they i feel they do a, a, a very good job however one they can afford it two they don't have to do it and speaking of that pull over to people who don't have to do it firing your bones if i wasn't in black classical music i would have had no idea what's happening the met what 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 um what's it call it publicity that they get for this for this thing besides releasing it to the freaking wall street journal who read that the new york times who read that you know what i'm saying like they didn't make no commercial and they have buku money you know what i'm saying so it's just like and then the organizations who so the the organizations who don't do it they either don't they either don't have to because people are gonna go to the Met, people gonna go to the New York Field, people gonna go to the LA Field, people gonna go to I'm trying the Chicago Symphony. People are gonna go to these bigger orchestras. They're just gonna go. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like you you have an orchestra in a huge city. People visit LA for the week. You run out of stuff to do. You might as well go. Oh, oh we might as well. Why don't we go see the LA Field? You in Chicago for a week. Oh, we might as well go see the Chicago Symphony. Like it's just like stuff that people be doing. They don't have to worry about marketing. And then you have smaller orchestras. I feel like who. They either don't have the capacity to do good marketing. They also feel like they don't have to. Or they got, like, boomers doing it. And it's just, like, it's going to be weird. It's going to be corny. It's going to be whack. And they're not going to appeal to the audience that they could have to do this kind of stuff. And then also, even to make the programming more inclusive, make it more fun, make it more lit, uh, it's going to be corny and whack sometimes because it's like you don't even i'm i'm being and i I'm, i love this junk you know what i'm saying i i do this i'm saying it's going to be corny and whack because it's like and i'm not saying classical music it doesn't do well on its own i'm not, i don't want to put that out like the music stands well on its own but i'm saying you want to all this boohooing about we need more people in the audience and our budget budgets are getting cut and people don't think people think classical music is obsolete and you don't want to do anything about it except cry about it and watch your budgets get cut like i don't understand what y'all what y'all what y'all want to do about it y'all don't want to do anything about it and then and then it's so much it's not even the organizations it's the musicians who think this is whack they don't want to play with no gospel choir they don't want to play no jazz music they want to play the little don juan and sit in their seat that's all they want to do they don't want to go out to communities they don't want to they don't want to play at schools they don't want to do all they think it's like peasant work that's why they have fellows doing stuff so it's like there's this is such a this hard conversation for me because it's so incredibly layered that's why you saw that time magazine thing with mark zuckerberg on the front with that apple notification with a mouse clicker on it which boomer did that you know what i'm saying so it's like yes this will be so cool there's so i could think of i could sit down here and think of a hundred things any given orchestra could do that's why i asked you about that dude will and grace will and grace when was the last time will and grace will and grace was canceled like 2009 you're in la fair i don't know I don't know if what he has done. For, I just know that I went with my mom. She was in my mom like Will and Grace. She was like, "Oh, this is a little from Will and Grace." Like, I mean, to be fair, yeah. And also, I don't really follow up with those people, but it's just like you're in LA. You're literally in LA. It's not even like you got to deal with like shooting schedules. Get like you know what I'm saying. Marseille Martin down the street. Get her in between to come do. You know what I'm saying? Like you're literally where everybody's at. Something. I think they just did something with I don't want to lie I want to say Angela Bassett. Yeah, and they also just recorded with Billie Eilish. Like they they be doing. LA feels a terrible stuff, example, but they, they can. They be doing stuff. Can. Yeah, they can. But like this is, the, LA feels a terrible example because they actually do be doing. 
stuff because they can they're also there like that's a terrible example they, they do a really good job but i'm talking about like even other orchestras that have the budget for it y'all not even tapped in enough to like know who to ask you freaking go to to the new york field they get some dude who was the understudy for cats in 1984 you know what i'm saying <laughs> like and they'll be like oh my god it's mr man from cats in all right <laughs> you know like i don't know i feel like there's there's so much i'm there's so much work that has to be done it's almost like it's almost so it's like almost um overwhelming like you almost gotta go along with the okie doke and make them like tucker themselves out you know what i'm saying it's like yeah though the, i feel like i feel like um marketing as a whole and a lot of these organizations need to be better and then like let's get consistent marketing first and then we can talk about how we can make it better marketing and then what are we marketing? Because you get a better, you get a graphic designer, you pay him 100K to make you a really nice, good poster, Beethoven 8. You know? Yeah. Because I know they said, like, there's that running joke on Twitter that's like, oh, such and such has a great PR team. Like, you know, like it'll say, like, oh, hippos have a great PR team because everybody thinks that they're cute and whatever. Yeah. And it's and said, like, in reality, hippos are, like, extremely deadly animals. I cannot believe that. Um, I cannot, I'm sorry. I cannot believe they will bite Girl. you in half. In half. Hungry, That's hungry crazy. hippos. Cute little hippos. The dancing hippos exactly. from Madagascar. Come on. They have a great PR team. You would ranked. think that they were that they were just friendly little little babies. Like, no, they will they will kill you. Um, Killer whales. You, yeah, you heard they well, were harmless. It's in the name. I know it's in the name, <laughs> but I did, a, I did a book report on them in third grade, and they're not actually that bad. But then I heard they're not bad to humans. I find it on TikTok. Because they like be pelting animals into the air just for fun. They won't even eat you. Just be, just be flinging seals and stingrays into the air just until they're dead. Just, just to, just to, for fun. And then just go move on. They scare sharks. Sharks, if they know a killer whales are around, sharks will like not go around to that to that same area for up to a year until they know they are nice. gone. Wow, they have a good PR team too. Because of what's that? What's that dude? Shimu, Shamu, Shamu. Yeah. Um. Yeah, my sister was riding Shamu. She was her riding <gasps> Shamu, and like uh-uh. when she was like six or something. Um. But um, what I was gonna say was that like classical music yeah, has to undo quite a lot of that PR because like we said with the with the dress code and stuff, like there's just so much other there's so many other things that are still standing like um of how people perceive it um before you can even like you know like tackle that like there's just so much that needs to be undone um about these about these issues i feel like dang there was one other thing that you said that um it reminded me of something but i totally forgot it so we all know that's not coming back okay i mean to be fair i'm not trying to be dense like i think with the philadelphia orchestra is definitely a step in the right direction like these things i hate that slow progress thing i hate that but it's like i remember i met with dr azera who's music ed faculty at Eastman a couple months ago and he was saying he he said a quote to me that I literally have never I have never forgotten not be forgetting stuff like literally the minute after you say it to me but he said <clears throat> what's the best way to eat an elephant one bite at a time and at first I was like that's such a weird thing to say but if you think about it it's a weird analogy but if you think about it like this stuff has to be done it doesn't have to be we could we could we could dismantle and reform the whole thing overnight um but you have to weigh the pros and cons of that but you also got to set the elephant on fire or something first. 
Yeah. And they just they eating the elephant while it's alive. So. Yeah, they nibbling. <laughs> Actually, they, you know what they they at the next bush over. Hey, elephant. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> waiting waiting for the elephant to go to sleep. That's what they doing. Yeah. I mean. I mean, it'll, be, it'll benefit all of uh, all of us because it's, you know. I feel like orchestras are understanding more. Some orchestras are really good at it, even smaller orchestras or regional orchestras. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna toot nobody horn, but I think everybody's doing a a good job of of not everybody, the ones who are wanting change. There we go. They they are enacting change, whatever stage they are enacting change. I feel like they're doing a good job. I think LA Phil does a good job of like incorporating the people around them and trying to diversify the audience i think the memphis symphony does a good job of sticking to um trying to make it more inclusive and more diverse i think they do a good job from the outside so i'm gonna hear from the outside i'll be talking to those people but um yeah i remember those only two people i can think of so I remember what I was going to say. That reminds me of, it was like some congressman or whatever who was interrogating that lady, talking about, are you going to commit to ending Finsta? See? <laughs> I, that video, I just looked at the screen like this. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even, my face didn't even move. I just looked at the screen like this. I was like, oh, Father God. Do you God, see what people who are in charge? Do you see the people who are in charge? And I'm not saying, like, I'm not trying to be ageist or anything like that, but it's like, there are people who know what's fresh. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, you don't, and someone I was in the comments of that Mark Zuckerberg thing and someone was in the comments it was like you know what probably happened somebody did it without the cursor a boomer was like that doesn't make sense why isn't there a cursor someone tried to explain there needs to be a cursor there doesn't need to be a cursor because this is an Apple notification and then they put it anyway I'm gonna be honest with you I didn't even notice it until somebody said something I I didn't notice I, I thought it looked a little weird and then I went to the comments. I'm like, oh, that's why it looks weird. There's a, there's not supposed to be a mouse there. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, and like how you were saying, like some of it's gonna be corny or whatever. Like I'm just saying, one of the exciting things that LA Phil got coming up, a guest that they got, they I'm not I'm not gonna say anything because it hasn't been announced yet. Was something that I came up with when I still worked there. That would not have happened if it was if I did not work there. So I feel like you need to hit them with the I'm so glad that you enjoy my idea so much that you took it. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, it was something that I contributed while I was. Oh, you contributed. And I, and I, you didn't. Okay, okay. It was like a collaborative type thing. It wasn't like it wasn't like you told somebody and then they were like, "Oh, that's a great idea," and then use it as you know what I'm saying. It was. I had an idea for this guest for a different event. Um. And then, okay, I left. I left the job, but it was that that was you know contributing into that space by having exactly you know a young black person on your staff. Um, and like y'all wanna y'all wanna look. appeal to certain people. You don't have people from those groups. That's very weird to me and very backwards. But I'm mm-hmm. y'all be easy. Y'all know everything, so. Um, yeah, but that's also like one of those things that I feel like it, it makes you want to work for yourself too, because I feel like, you know, like sometimes when you contribute things when you're at work, they're yeah. like not yours anymore. No, I feel so. <laughs> no, I feel about nine to fives. I mean, I'm not my be Simone. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like, <laughs> I don't. It, 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 outside of the orchestral context, I do very. I'm not, I'm not a good 
not, I'm not gonna say that. Wait, hold on. People listen to this, but you already know what I said about this. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I said it was like no, 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 and then <laughs> oh, I I will admit I yeah, not to not to y'all, but to Delaney, I've had the more, especially the older I've gotten, I just orchestra. That's my that's my thing. I can do that. Tell me what part of the ball you wanted. Period. I don't care. I'll go there. All right. Well, this was fun. My computer's on 6%. So. All right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. It's time for Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props, because there's room for everyone at the top. This week, I'm talking about Quinn Mason. Did we do Quinn Mason? No, right? Okay. So, Quinn Mason is a composer and conductor um, based in Dallas, and he's been described as a brilliant composer, just barely in his 20s, who seems to make moves wherever he goes. Um, I was first introduced to Quinn's work because I played um, his piece in memory on my recital back in April, and then um, we are playing his piece tonight, A Joyce Trilogy, and um, I met him. He was like, uh, he's like, are you half of a podcast? And I was like, <laughs> yes. He's like, oh, I, I love your show. I'm like, I'm sorry. And he was like, <laughs> uh, and I was, he was like, why? I was like, it's great. And I was like, thank you. Sorry. I'm, I'm so used to the, the, the worst the show gets. I mean, not the worst, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. The more comfortable. And then people say, oh, yeah, I heard that episode. It's like, oh, which one? Yeah. It's just so many things you could be referring to. It's just like. Like, it's like when your when your mom says come here and you you be like looking through like oh god what did I do what yeah, did I do <laughs> it's like we've gotten so comfortable it's he's very sweet well, we talked yesterday too anyway um so he I'm not gonna read off every I just want you to go you're gonna go read his his um his website it's to a point that Quinn's gonna have to consider doing highlights that's how many he's booked because I asked him I'm like oh is your parents coming mm, tomorrow I night? To see how you guys oh, okay I was like are your parents okay so six percent right or is it five? Five now. I'm sure. So I was like, oh, are your parents coming tonight? He's like, oh, no. Like, I'm always on the road. I said, and that's on period. Like, <laughs> ain't got time for Memphis. I'm going to be in Chattanooga tomorrow. Um, but he's played, uh, his orchestra works have been uh, performed by many orchestras. Dallas, Memphis, Utah, Toledo, Akron. Ah, ah, ah. Um, Katie. Huh? Katie. Katie Brown Symphony Orchestra. Formerly known as the Memphis. Okay. That works yeah, for, I'm starting that. That's no, that works for Joe. I'm a fellow. Right. And I'm gonna make it work for Okay, well you're starting to move in slow motion, so I feel like we should keep going. Okay. His compositions also from Winter have been played by many wind orchestras, including the Cobwind Symphony, Metropolitan Wind, Southern Methodist University. His chamber music has been performed everywhere. He's the uh multiple prize winning he's won multiple prizes at competitions. Um, and, and have received numerous awards, including from the American Composers Forum, Voices of Change, Texas A&M University. It literally goes on and on and on. I can't, like, there's, like, 10 awards listed here. There's, like, 30 orchestras here. It's it's ridiculous. Um, as a conductor, he's guest conducted Orchestra Seattle. Have you heard of them? And Musica Nova. Um, oh, that's us. Okay, period. Um... And he's worked with Marin Alsop, a whole bunch of people. Um, he went to Southern Methodist University. And, yeah, he's a member of the Composers Guild, Conductors Guild, and all this other stuff. So, Quinn is dope. Super nice. Shout out to Quinn. Congrats. Yeah, we must. You said what? Oh, nothing. Keep going. What'd you say? No, keep going. No, what'd you say? 
No, keep going. I was about to move on oh. because we begun, we were about to lose this episode. So <laughs> that's it. Congrats, Queen. My piece of the week is uh, Florence Price Shrink okay. number one. <laughs> Shrink number two in A minor. Uh, I wrote program notes for that, um, and it was cute. So uh, yeah, that's what I've been listening to. Period. Well, thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or an intermission suggestion, classicallyblackpodcast at gmail.com. We also have a website that I never talk about, classicallyblackpodcast.com. If you want our pleasantry and ratchetry in person, you know, book us. You could do it there. Um, also, if you're black, join ISBM. We have a conference coming up, isblackmusicians.com. Follow us on social media at isblackmusicians. And we will catch y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.